Welcome to the Uncommon CEO Podcast, where we unpack the mindset, skills, and wisdom it takes to become an uncommon leader in a common world with your host, the Uncommon CEO himself, Andrew Smart. Welcome to the Uncommon CEO Podcast. I'm here with Andrew Smart. How are you doing, Andrew? Doing fantastic. How about yourself, Matt? Not too bad. Over the weekend, we had my my wife's grandmother turned 102, which I, I think the conversation around the dinner table, we went up to Charlotte to celebrate with her. And the conversation was, you know, how do you how do you get to 102? Like, what do you got to be doing with your life to to live that long? Some people, it's just dumb luck. Some people, it's something more. Genetics. Genetics it probably has a lot to do with it, sure. But it's not. it can't be just genetics. Staying away from a lot of bad stuff, too. Probably a lot more of that, you know. I, I was saying I was. T- I'm saying I'm taking active steps right now as I had an old fashioned in my hand to um, try to avoid getting to 102, just jestfully, of course. But still. well, Matt, do you want a long life, you know, or do you want an enjoyable life? That's I think what we were kind of talking to each other about. I don't want to die either, so I guess there's a it's a balancing act to it for sure. Well, um, you're right, um, but here's the deal: um, you're going to die no matter what. This is that's true. a guarantee. Um, it, the, the the real statement to that is you're going to die no matter what. The question is, are you going to live? And then it's kind of really defining what does live mean. Okay, that um, because everybody does die, but not everyone doesn't live. Mm-hmm. Um, good friend of mine, he's a doctor. Um, he's a high risk pregnancy specialist. Actually, one of the top in the country. Um, used to be on the faculty with Duke. Um, he. He told me one time, he and I were working out together one time, mm-hmm. and his name's Phil, and Phil was like, you know, you really don't want to really live, he was talking about as a male, okay, mm-hmm. too much past 80, because, I mean, I mean, you start getting up there, you know, prostate goes, the other things don't work, you know, it's a, he goes, and he was, he was kind of joking with me, talking about, you know, he said, basically when a male starts hitting in his 80s, it all starts going really oh, downhill yeah. from that point. You just fall apart at that point. <laughs> it's kind of what it's kind of what he's saying. He's like he said, you know, like what you really want to do is keep a healthy life and an effective life. But you know, that's that's a great thing to uh, have someone in your family who has um, hung around for that long. I've had that in my family as well on my mother's side. Uh, amazing, they're all women, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, um, I, I made a joke uh, before. Says because that's y'all suck the life out of us, and y'all just keep it. <laughs> yeah. So, it, uh, um, I don't think that I'll make a hundred and two. I'm pretty sure I won't. But but let's. But yeah, I, I hope to live to an age. I mean, Lord willing, that 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 is. You know, I mean, older. I mean, I definitely hope to outlive my dad and how long my dad lived. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I more importantly want to do is I want to live a life where I've lived my life to be effective. And I just went to a funeral yesterday. Well, really in the funeral. He died a week before that. Um, but it, it, it was kind of a... Like a memorial. Memorial. That's mm-hmm. what it was, a memorial of one of the major mentors in my life. And and this guy lived to be 86, and I couldn't believe that he lived to be 86. Mm-hmm. Sure. And because uh, he went by the name Moose... Uh, his name was Morris Keller, but he went by Moose. He uh, 
uh, was a big guy, had the biggest hands on any man I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a nickname like Moose when that happens. He was. So. I mean, but you got to imagine, this guy's just I mean, huge guy. He's like he's 86, so you can imagine him growing up in the 50s and early 60s, you know, 6'2", 6'3", but he was a huge guy. Mm-hmm. And like I said, his hands were massive. I mean, even like when I went and saw him, you know, about two weeks before he died, and I mean, he's in a frail state, and I'm still looking at his hands, and I'm like, his hands are massive. And so this is his frail state. Yeah. Man loved to eat, though. Mm-hmm. Man loved to eat. He loved food. I mean, I, I heard it uh, stated uh, in the memorial that that um, when he ever mapped out wherever he needed to go store, he referenced restaurants. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> so, I'd probably do the same. I can't, I can't blame the guy. And so... Um, but but he he lived in that mindset that I just mentioned. You know he he lived until he died, and he didn't get it confused. Mm-hmm. He lived a very intentional, purpose life, and he made a tremendous impact on life. I said this when um, before he died. I said it to my um, best friend who knew him, and I said, "Moose won't die a wealthy man on this earth." But he will die an extremely wealthy man because of all the people he impacted, mm-hmm. of all the people that, that that he cared about, and all the intentional time that he took for others, and and that to me was just just the spirit of the memorial, um, and and it was beautiful, it was beautiful, and. And so his wife actually had died six months earlier. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really surprise me that he wasn't here for much longer. They tend to go hand in hand. Yeah. And know? he, I mean, I mean, he adored her. I mean, she was a tiny little thing too. Here's a giant guy. He was, she was tiny. Um, but, um, and he was a, you know, he, his personality, I mean, being a big guy that he could, he, he, I mean, he, he, he'd vocalize and speak, but if she spoke, she knew how to shut him up. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, um, but a, but a beautiful, beautiful story, a beautiful legacy, um, and truly impacted my life and so many others. And, um, there were some great, great moments within the memorial where we all could collectively say some of the common things together of how Moose impacted our lives and how his intentionality towards everyone and his habits towards everyone, um, you know, were consistent and the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I when I spent time with him at, at a younger age, um, when I was at Clemson, and his mentor me, we'd spend a whole summer, and he was just like, "Give me, I mean, gave me a gun, he gave me all kinds, <laughs> he just give me things." I mean, like, yeah. and he just, but that was his heart, and that was his spirit, and so, um, so it was a great weekend just having that moment um, to reflect and celebrate, and and from my faith, I look forward to seeing him again sometime. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. What I wanted to talk about, Matt, is um, you know, is really about success. And and here was that was that your aunt you were mentioning the hundred and two? No, great grandma. Great grandma. Mm-hmm. Great grandma. Okay, great grandma. Hundred and two. Um, you know that that life of longevity. She's been successful to be able to live. Mm-hmm. You know, a life at a hundred and two. Um, and so we would call that a successful deal. If you can cross over that that century mark, that's that's successful. Mm-hmm. So there 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 has to be there has to be a pattern and process of things that she did within her life that had allowed her to reach that. I mean, 
I, I doubt it was just blind luck. Mm-mm. No, had to take. A, I know at one point they had to give her a pacemaker to make her heart go faster because it was beating at twenty eight beats a minute, which 28 is twenty eight beats a minute. <laughs> had to double the speed. To keep oh her my ticking. lord! Yeah, yeah. But see, so, that's why. Honestly, that's why you and I are going to go out faster because our heart has to beat too fast, so it's going to wear out. Unfortunately, you know, so right now yeah. now you're starting to help me understand why she's living so long because mm-hmm. her heart hadn't had to work that hard. Oh yeah, that thing was still like a new car. So yeah. So, um, you know, tell me just a couple of things that you did that you love about her. Well, I've known her for a little while. It's on my wife's side, so I didn't grow up with her or anything. But she always, you know, was very. So Matt, that's not your genetics. Just oh, so I you know. know. Yeah, my mine lasted. They all lived into their eighties, so. I've got some okay genetics, okay. but yeah, not the Rolls Royce of genetics. But no, she's, you know, she was, you know, kind and she always was generous and, you know, just liked to be around other people or is all of those things, not was. Got it. Got it. Um, well, like I said, that's a, su- a successful life. Mm-hmm. But what I want to talk about today is dive into successful people and what separates them now we've talked a lot about mind work and we've talked about habits before but what i really want to talk about is what separates the habits and the mindset of successful people and i think to kick this off is to really think about habits what are the habits of people who are successful why why are successful people different? Why, when we put down a list of, if, we, if you and I had to write down a list today and, and you know, and, and qualify and quantify the, the successful people that, 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 that you and I would list out, why, what, what, what are the similarities that all these people have? Because I've studied a lot of successful people, highly successful people, and I come back to they all encompass these similar patterns. Mm-hmm. So when you know when you look at successful people and you think about their habits, what do you think their out the gate habit is? Well, I think intentionality is one that is a, plays a big part in success. Is that you know you're doing things with purpose at all times, and you're not just making decisions based on a whim. Um, I certainly think optimism and generosity are a big part of successful people. Well, let's hang right there. You started out with intentionality. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, You have a word for the year. I do not. I did not do that. You're not very intentional on this, Matt. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So it, uh, there's always an opportunity. It's still early in the year. Mm -hmm. You got opportunities here, Matt. And the point of intentionality, okay, is that you know that nothing just happens mm-hmm. okay that that anything great and people who are successful they don't just wake up and just it just happens you know they 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 recognize from an early state okay they've got to take a different mindset to making it happen mm-hmm. because all of us have desires to make things happen all of us wake up every day with good intentions. Yeah, and, and here's the worst part about it. 
the graveyard is full of good intentions. Mm-hmm. I mean, just full of it. So successful people are very intentional. And that's how they begin their day. But more importantly, they plan it the evening before. Mm-hmm. They know the evening before they go into their next day that they plan this. Being intentional is all about planning, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that they, it, it, it's like, do do successful people fail? We've made that statement before. We said they fail a lot. They fail often, right? Mm-hmm. But when they are planning, you know, when they plan that their life, do 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 they go? Well, we're going to plan to fail, right? They don't no. do that. Mm-hmm. They plan for success, but it doesn't always. You can't control everything, and but you can control this. You can control whether you're going to make a plan. And you can control whether you're going to fine-tune that plan every day, every evening, and every you know night before you sit out the day. Because if you go into that next day and you have no plan, what's that day going to look like? You're not going to get anything accomplished. Or you're not going to accomplish at the level that you're capable of accomplishing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. But what highly successful people do is, they got goals. Okay, we talked about it. setting out the year. We got goals. We got strategy. We got, we're, we're laying out the plan. Okay, you put a plan in place, and then you're fine-tuning that plan. They have goals. I mean, this is, here's the deal. If you've got no written goals, what kind of goals do you have? You don't really have goals. They're just, they're loose. They're ineffective goals. So if I go into a meeting tomorrow, you know, with you and the rest of the team, and I say, all right, everybody give me their list of goals. How many of people are going to be able to hand me their list of goals? Well, I have a performance objective sheet that's uh, been working on over the past couple of weeks, so I know everybody on my team will be able to, but I'm with you. For the most yeah. part, most people have Everyone has a performance down. objective sheet, but why do they have that? Because here as an organization, one of our major goals in 2022 was to make sure that we did a better job in that arena. Mm-hmm. That we laid out performance objectives, key measures, all those kind of things. That was an overall goal. And what are we doing in 2023? Yeah. To fine tune and improve on that goal. What I made a point was last year, I said, hey, we set out in 2022 to put these objectives in place. But in 23, we need to fine tune that. But if I take it a step further and say, hey, hand me your goals or show me your goals, I think some people could do it. And I think other people would waffle. Mm-hmm. Because then they look at they look at me like this, and they go, "Well, does he want our business goals? Or do he want our personal goals?" Mm-hmm. They fucking go hand in hand. You should. You can't. You can't be better unless you're working on yourself. Correct. I mean that 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 it fascinates me. Fascinates me that I see people who have they can they can chart out all their business goals, and then if I ever ask them, okay, great. What are you personally working on? Mm-hmm. And they look at you like freaking the Homer Simpson blinking eyes. Mm. Yep. I'm like, so you're telling me that you are going to be the best you can be in this arena that I actually need you and everybody else needs, but you've got no personal goals that, that coincide these goals? How the hell does that work? And they don't even have to be interrelated to each other, but they'll naturally support each other. If you have personal goals to work on your mind, work on your health, et cetera, it's going to impact your professional goals just by proxy. Because if you're not, 
If you got no goals for self-improvement, there's no way that you can totally maximize improvement in all these other areas. Mm Mm-hmm. Totally. So highly successful people, they make these goals, they review their goals daily, you know, and that's something that I'm working on. Look, I can tell you, I, 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 look, I am my biggest critic and I have no problem, you know, laying out, okay, all the areas of improvement that, that, that I continue to work on and areas that I have not been as good on. I, I've always been an optimistic guy. I've always been a forward thinking guy. I've always been a guy who wants to do deep work on whether it's discipline or how to improve in life. One of the areas that I always, that I'm better at today, a lot better in today was working on a cadence in my schedule. I used to get, there, there was a guy who, you know, I don't bring up his name. You know, he was, he was overboard in his agenda. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, he, he had a little book that I used to say, man, you got like murderer's handwriting right there. You know, you just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. you know, that. I mean, he was just, he was over the top. And how he had everything scheduled. Now, I do personally believe maybe you can go a little too far. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, I mean, everything. I said, did you schedule yourself to pee? <laughs> yeah, he might have. I mean, I mean, like I said, everything was freaking scheduled. And I'm like, man, that is. I don't want to be there, but I recognize how important it is to have a schedule. Because I was probably too much on the other side. And now I'm working to be better in discipline of schedule and setting intentional time to make things happen that I want to happen so I can lay out these goals more, you know, effective that I want to have. So, so they, they make a list, you know, they, they, they prioritize. Um, I, 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 I will tell you from, from every guru I've ever studied to myself you know, I'm, I'm wired the same way. Successful people have very strong morning routines. Mm-hmm. Very strong morning routines. Now, my morning routine is, is consistent. It's been like it's consistent for as long as I can remember, decades. You know, I'm a I'm a upper in the morning. Want to hit the gym first thing in the morning. Why do I want to hit the gym first thing in the morning? Because, you know, I've trained my mind that that you know from really it's from an athlete side of things that you know. This is the best time to do it. I think there's so many things, not just from the mind, but through the body of it's better to work out on an empty stomach. It's better to do all that. But really, I've trained my mind to get it done then. Because if I don't get it done then, it is harder to get it done at any other point in the day. Mm-hmm. And if you're a successful person and, and you're, 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 you're building towards success, once your day gets going, it's hard to find those gap times to get that in. So you want to make that a priority of, you know, those morning routines. Now, for me, it's exercise. Some people, it's different things. Some people make, all right, I'm starting my morning off. I've said this. There's so much research on it that we should never start our morning off reading emails, you know, mm-hmm. computers. All this. I mean, the data is clear. It's absolutely clear. We are a slave to these type of things. Mm-hmm. You and I in our generation, we got integrated to this way of life. I mean, we didn't grow up with those tools. Mm-hmm. When I talk about being a slave to it, now, I mean, as generations growing up, that's what they know. That's all they know. Yeah, it's Instagram notifications in it's the morning. It's it. I mean, it's and and that's so they're they're wire. I mean, 
the, these people are very smart. Why do you think they have all the sound mechanisms that go off to, you know, whether it's a text message, whether it's some type of news information, whether, so we, our brains become wired to that, but highly successful people recognize, okay, get your morning routine level setting your mind. Mm-hmm. There's so much research on, um, how important light is. Mm-hmm. Okay. We, we talk, many people talk a lot about, um, um, the bad light that can be in your home, <laughs> blue sure. lights and stuff like that. Um, how important sunlight is. Um, and so, so, you know, that many people who don't get up in the morning and just get a dose of sunlight. True. And that's important to be effective for overall health, but it, definitely for mental health. And so, I mean, when I wake up in the morning and I see that sun coming up, it does a lot for my mind and soul. I mean, it's just something, one, it's beautiful to see, but two, it just, it just, it, there, there's an invigorating part of your mind and soul of that sun. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so having morning set consistent routines that help you become more effective. This is what highly successful people do. And then here's the other part. They don't sleep in. They get up early. I think it's hard to be highly successful if you're the person who lives on the snooze. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I personally, there are people who will love to argue this, and they're all the people who love to stay up late. Sure. You know, and so, I mean, people who love to stay away, they will tell they will justify and they have to, because I've had them many times tell me, but I, I've just always been of a believer of getting up early, early to bed, early to rise, makes a I, man healthy, wealthy, and wise. I, I've just been a big believer in that, that, you know, that, that you, you put that block of time, you put that rest and then get your day going early. Mm-hmm. So highly successful people get that. They also understand the value of the body. Okay. So they got this mind. They got this routine. They got these. You got. They understand setting their goals, but they treat their body well, so they fuel their body well, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think very highly successful people. No, we all like them. Understand it. Set out every morning and say, "I can't wait to get down to Krispy Kreme." Yeah, the the Doritos throughout the day probably doesn't overlap with uh, extremely successful folks. Have you had any pizza this year? Not too much, a little bit. I didn't say if you had too much. I said if you had any. Yeah, I've had some. Okay, was it good? It was my favorite. Since you since you've been doing keto, still doing keto. Yeah. Since you've been doing keto, how'd you feel after having pizza? Well, I'm I'm that obnoxious person at the restaurant that basically had the toppings of the pizza. Or there's a keto friendly pizza at this place right up the street that makes it with like flaxseed and all this stuff so, you have to tell me about that one yep i've tried blaze that. pizza mm-hmm. blaze i've had I, I blaze pizza all the time yeah they have a keto on there yeah well i get mm-hmm. the uh cauliflower one they do mm-hmm. yeah i guess that's this is they have one more past that mm-hmm. good information yes appreciate indeed. sharing that's why we're doing the podcast so you know fueling your body uh putting the right things in your body when you eat right, you do things right, you feel better. It's it, And then, you know, feeding your mind. Okay, what are we putting in our mind? Okay, we 
we go through our daily cadence of information that we're putting in our mind, you know, all the information from work, all the things we're doing that, but what are we doing to add continued value? What are we reading? And I emphasize reading, 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 because reading is something that all of us, if we want to be highly effective, and here's, if you're Bill Gates, you know, uh, if you're Doug McMillan, CEO of Walmart, I mean, I look at their reading list every year. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, every year they're going to post on LinkedIn, here's what I read. I always look at, you know, highly successful people and they'll, they'll, they'll always show what they read. So I want to say, hey, did I read anything that they read? Many times I have. Um, but highly successful people intentionally take time to read. And that's that's fueling your mind. Um, one that, uh, that I'll say here, and I know that you're very good at this, um, highly successful people take very intentional time with family. Absolutely. I mean, if you only have a certain amount of hours that you know you can be together, be present, make it count. I've always been intentional on that. So I, from being an entrepreneur at a young age, I mean, in your in your 20s, you know, you, you're not an entrepreneur. I didn't have children at that age. So it was uh, really just, you know, a wife and I. So, um, and she was, she was working hard. So during the week, we were so just busy. But mm -hmm. I, I worked hard to never bring work home on the weekend. And I've lived by, you know, that, that, you know, really that, that mindset to not ever do that, that I, I have, if I, if I ever give myself a high five on something I've been very good at is to not ever really bring much work home. Mm -hmm. And if I ever did, it was on a critical issue that had to be handled, but it was rare. And that, that way that when I'm with family time, that they're not being taken away with my mind focused on work and I can be with the family. I can do that kind of stuff. I can be with my kids that they're not competing against whatever I got on my work schedule. And it's, it's worked well for me that way. I know that's different people struggle in that arena. Um, and, but for me, that was important to be able to be intentional, to take that time with family, because I think, Quality and volume are two different things. Mm -hmm. And and I'm all about quality. And I've said this about my own life. I my dad worked a lot. I mean, a lot of hours, you know, running the restaurant, six days a week and worked a lot of hours. Um, but when he spent time with me, it was very intentional time. And so I never grew up with, man, dad just never spent much time with me. Mm-hmm. Never think. I always think about the great times we did spend together. Sure. And so for me, it's about quality time versus quantity of time. Values. I, I think when you look at, you know, successful people, they they have a strong set of values. That they they have a, a a set of values that they live by and stick by that I think that that you can look at them from across the board. That they're all very similar. That they they look at values being important. You know, what is my level in values? What is my level in integrity? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, then and so values are, are 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 so important. You know, when I think you look at people, and you're, if you're ever looking at someone that, uh, you know, when you know that that you might put into that that category of successful, I think you're always going to look at okay, they're they're successful, but what do they really value? When we look at highly successful people, we don't just look at them from one measurement of finance. 
I think if that's the only thing that we measure people by, that's a terrible measurement. Sure. There's lots of rich people that don't have good values. Yeah. <laughs> lots. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, values. Mm -hmm. But here's the deal. Um, highly successful, highly wealthy people, highly, you know, committed people at that level, I, I think across the board tend to have good values because they 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 want to share, they want to, you know, care, they give back. I mean, good values. And so, and they practice a mindset of gratitude. And gratitude was one of my words for the year. And 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 understand the power of gratitude. And when you see highly successful people, they always are grateful for where they're at. And they recognize that all the things that they've gone through to get there, and they realize that no one's self-made. Mm-hmm. And so they're grateful, and they and they they that I think gratitude is is something that they they practice, and they and they take gratitude and share, and they they that that is a true mindset of highly successful people. Here's another one, interesting one. We we all hear the word multitask, sure, and so. I've I've made this point many times when I've heard people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm handling a bunch of stuff, I'm multitasking a bunch of items. And I, I go to them, I said, well, okay, you're multitasking a bunch of items, but how effective are you in them? Mm -hmm. Like the jack of all trades, master of none. Well, I, I don't think that you can be good at anything in a multitask mind. Mm -hmm. Because you, you don't give 100% to anything. Yeah, it's all about focus. Yeah, I mean... Highly successful people. I, um, I guess you put Jeff Bezos in a category. He's done pretty well for probably himself. Highly successful, money wise. Money wise, I mean, he's giving back. I mean, he just doesn't mean to mean. But if you had to put him on on that, I, I listened to him one time um, in a talk, talk about um, that really successful people, highly successful people. They really, and in leadership, they really kind of focus on three things, meaning that they'll they'll put their emphasis on every year three certain things, and that's where they that's where they drive. So they they're not they're not distracted by a bunch of different things. They're really honed in on three particular areas, and and I guess that's kind of where he operate you know, operates in his life, where he's got I got three core objectives. This is where I'm operating in my life. And this is where I'm going to stay. I'm not going to get sidetracked on a bunch of different deals. So I think mm -hmm. that I, I understand what he was trying to say is like, look, I can be highly effective if I put my emphasis here in these three areas. But if you bring me 10, 20, 30, 40, I can't be highly effective. And so that, that's where multitasking, you know, is, you know, is, is where they remove. And that's part of them also realizing that to be highly effective um, and successful, you got to get distractions out of your life. And I think distractions are hard for people because too often we don't recognize what's a distraction. I think, you know, we can say, hey, you know, that person who's annoying can be distracting. We think, okay, you know, okay, I, I've got something on my diet that's keeping me from achieving. That's distracting. But I think there are things in our life that we have in there that we that are very distracting and that we don't put them in that distracting category. Mm -hmm. And usually it's relationships. Sure. That we have relationships in our life 
that are very distracting. It goes back to what I talked about, you know, and the Pareto principle that, you know, that usually we have about this 20% of something that's distracting, you know, and taking that 80% of our energy. And highly successful people are very great at identifying what that is. Mm-hmm. And when they identify it, they do something about it, whether it's eliminating it or, or doing something to keep that from happening. Worked a lot to get better in that arena, a lot. And I'm much better today than I have been in my past. And so, so watching out for those distractions. Um, and it could be things that you, you enjoy. I mean, sometimes... Sometimes things we enjoy are distractions. I mean, maybe we spend too much time in football, Matt. Sometimes we spend too much time in sports. I mean, sometimes we – so mm-hmm. there's different things that can be distracting. Yeah, Netflix asks you if you're still watching. That's how you know you've been distracted. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Um, highly successful people um, learn from others, and they love to learn from others. I love to learn from others. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm constantly like a sponge – Wanting to learn from others and, and 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 from all walks of life, constantly learning, always looking, you know, for new ideas, new, you know, thoughts, you know, just man, I love learning. I, you know, that that when I shared with you before uh, about that mentor who passed away, that was one thing that they also talked about at a funeral about how he just loved to learn. I think, you know, we have a creator that intentionally created our mind to means to value learning. I mean, what's the old Einstein statement that he, he you know, that they said he only used like 10% of his brain? Mm, that's wild. And so if Einstein only used 10% of his brain, that means there's a lot more that can be used. And we can constantly learn. So I think learning is, I mean, we, we, we learn from the moment we're born and we should be learning to the moment we die constantly learning Mm -hmm. and I always want to be a learner you know the final point of what highly successful people understand and they get that in this life you don't always have to reinvent the wheel Mm -hmm. you don't always have to wake up every day and say god I gotta have the idea that nobody ever came up with you know that I that I that I can take all these things that many people throughout time have done and just take these tools and apply them to my life and where I want to go and what I want to do and then fine tune them to help me be what I believe I can be. Because we'll go back to the beginning deal. First, a highly successful person believes in themselves and they believe what they're capable of and they begin these actions. But, you know, constantly, you know, fine-tuning towards that. And so any highly successful people you find, while they're all different in their own different ways, they all encompass this same group of thinking. They all have this group. And when you see that group of highly successful people, you will see that. And when you see people who aren't highly successful, you'll see a whole different group of thinking. Mm -hmm. But this is where highly successful people think, and that's what separates them from the crowd. Is there any big takeaway or even going back to the, you said Bezos does three things. What three things are you doing right now? For this year, my word was discipline. Mm-hmm. So there were areas in my life, you know, when we talk about it, it's easy to talk about physical discipline, you know, for areas in my life, I want to be much more disciplined in my schedule. 
Mm-hmm. So schedule discipline to create a much more disciplined, intentional action towards my schedule. Uh, one of my major steps uh, to do that was um, hire someone that could help me with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So highly successful people know that, hey, I need to put people in, you know, you know, in my network or in my group that can help me. So schedule, you know, you know, was important. I mean, and, and it has the ability to help me be that way, to be intentional towards my schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I feel like uh, that was an area of that discipline blade that I gotten kind of a little loose on. Um, Cause I, I wasn't surrounded by enough discipline in that arena. My previous assistant who I loved, um, you know, she, she helped me in so many ways, but her strength was not pressing into me on, Hey, you need to be here. You need to do that. That wasn't her gift. Mm-hmm. Um, she had other ones, but that wasn't her gift. Uh, the one I have now, she has no time. She has no problem telling me, uh, it's one o'clock. You need to be in the podcast Keep you on track. Yeah. I'm like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> so it's, uh, so yeah, that, that, you know, that, that arena, um, really, I mean, honed in really working um, on being very intentional, uh, working with my kids and some of their sports stuff this year. So I've been really mm-hmm. working with them on that. And on the business front, um, really focused in on some of our big growth ideas. I will say, I mean, going back to this podcast, that goes right into the disc one side too. Mm-hmm. Sure does. I mean, that doing this podcast, you know, has has been a process of culminating over a couple of years to get this started. But it is, you know, it has forced me to be more disciplined, and I'm working on that discipline muscle to get better at this. Sure. And so, and so, because here's the deal: um, I want to be successful with the Uncommon CEO. And while there are other podcasts out there, and while we live in a world today where there's a lot of podcasts, sure. why? Um, this goes to where like I, I didn't have to go recreate anything. I just took my little twist on what I wanted to to take to people and share with people. But what I but what I want to do is I want to be effective with people, mm-hmm. and I, I want to us to be able to take this podcast and be able to reach people and help people. You know, I didn't start this podcast out to say. Gosh, I can't wait to build a podcast so I can monetize a podcast and make money. No, I'm fortunate that I build a business and I have all you know kind of efforts and energies going that way, and I've been successful that way, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be more successful because that's what I believe and that's who I am. But what I want this podcast to be is to help others to think differently, to help others to use and learn from experience that I'd have or or things that I think about and how can they apply it to their life. Sure. So I want to be disciplined and I want to be successful in this podcast. And that's a process of a daily and consistent weekly improvement. It's good to hear just ways that we can just make ourselves a little bit better every day. Well, I appreciate it, Matt. And here's the deal. I mean, success starts in the way you think. Mm-hmm. Okay. But thinking alone doesn't get it done. You've got to take that thinking process and apply it into action. I mean, you remember, you know, where we were talking about the subconscious mind? Mm-hmm. Okay, remember, 
when we take that that conscious mind and we're putting into the daily action, so if we're daily creating those those positive, focused, intentional routines, what happens in the subconscious mind? It gets stronger, and it, it, you see results from it. Yeah. The subconscious mind, reveal, and it keeps that repetitive mind moving forward. And so, so as we take that action every day, we're going to build a stronger subconscious mind that will help us grow to be much more effective people. Thanks for joining us today on the Uncommon CEO Podcast. Subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. We have video episodes on our YouTube channel and more Uncommon Wisdom on our social media. Find all our links and resources at UncommonCEOPodcast.com. For Andrew Smart and all of us here at the Uncommon CEO, stay uncommon.